Public service announcement. I have just temporarily closed the doors to Lifestyle Business School. If you are a current or aspiring expertise-based business that has a business, courses, coaching, masterminds, where you are divorcing your value from your time, or that is the business model that you want, you likely know that Lifestyle Business School is the program that I have been tirelessly working on over the last six months to build out six comprehensive playbooks, which basically lay out the entire path. It has everything from business model design to offer creation, to back-end delivery, to driving traffic, live launch campaigns, automated campaigns, everything you could possibly need to start or grow a leveraged expertise-based business to the lifestyle business sweet spot. Now, never fear because we've only temporarily closed the doors and we have added a wait list. So if you head to lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, pop your name on the wait list and you are going to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out, which is super exciting. And all of the exciting changes that we have made to the program as well, which we will share in due course. But in order to get the special VIP bonuses, when we do open the door, I want you to go and pop your name on the wait list now. So that is going to be lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, put your name on the wait list, and you will be the first to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out with a lot of exciting changes and with pretty much the best deal under the sun. All right, let's get into today's podcast episode. LinkedIn is cool, guys. Do you want proof? In this episode, I'm chatting to Ruby Lee all about the LinkedIn video strategy she used to get over 1.5 million views on her posts and a whole lot more. got big business dreams, but you're feeling stuck when it comes to all things social media, digital, and content marketing, this is the podcast for you. And if you like free stuff, well, I've got you sorted there as well. Head over to steviesayssocial.com slash little black book now to steal my little black book of social media secrets. You're listening to the Stevie Says Social podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to episode 64 of the Stevie Says Social podcast. Today we are talking about one of those platforms that you know there's probably potential on. You know that there's a lot of decision makers on there, but every time you jump on, it's just spammy connection requests and really stale, in inverted commas, professional posts, right? I'm talking about LinkedIn, and if that's the way you feel about it, it's the way that I feel about it too. And what I knew is that there was a lot of potential, and I needed to talk to someone that really understood the power of the platform. That's where Ruby Lee comes in. Ruby Lee is a side hustle coach, and she has, in the last 12 months, taken her business from a side hustle, where she had a full-time job and was doing everything on the side, to a multiple six-figure business. She's currently traveling around the world doing international speaking gigs. This girl is one cool girl, and she's done it all harnessing the power of LinkedIn, or more specifically, LinkedIn video. Now, this is a killer episode for anyone that wants to know more about the power of LinkedIn, as well as the exact strategy that you can use to get similar results with your business or for your business using LinkedIn. Now, if this episode and LinkedIn in general is something that sounds appealing to you as something that you want to kind of dive more into, I have something for you, or rather, we have something for you. Ruby Lee and I are currently working together on a special LinkedIn training. Now, if you're keen to get your hands on that, it will launch in early to mid-August. What I want you to do is head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash 64. 
there is a pretty cool freebie waiting for you over there. Essentially, it's a summary of the exact strategy that Ruby Lee goes through in this podcast episode for using LinkedIn video. It's a 90-day strategy. It is step-by-step. It has all of the tips and things you need in there to actually execute it yourself. When you download that, you will also be notified when the training goes live. This is a killer training, guys. I don't know if you're excited, but I am very, very excited about this one. So that's a little extra bonus for you. All right, I'm going to leave it there. Let's get straight into this killer podcast episode. If you love it, let me know what you think. Send me a DM on Instagram stories, put it in your stories and tag me, whatever you want to do, but let me know what you think. Hey guys, today I am so excited to introduce you to Ruby Lee. Now, Ruby is a side hustle coach who helps side hustlers and I was definitely one. And if you're listening to this, maybe you are too, turn their side gig into their full-time passion. Now, I'm particularly excited to chat to Ruby today because I think there's some things that I'm going to learn as well as you're going to learn because Ruby's really kind of grown her business online through two platforms that I know either kind of scare the bejesus out of a lot of you or you just don't know where to start with. And so that is LinkedIn and also video in general. So a big welcome, Ruby, and welcome to the Stevie Says Social podcast. Hey, Stevie. Hey, listeners. It's so awesome to be on here. I am pumped to be talking about all things LinkedIn and video. Amazing. Um, Now, I'm super keen to start, I guess, with where it all started for you before we kind of get into what it is you do now, because I know it wasn't that long ago that you were a side hustler yourself. So tell us a little bit, I guess, about your journey and where you are now. Yeah. So around 12 months ago, as of this recording, I left my nine to five. So it has been relatively recent and these last 12 months have been absolutely magic since, you know, going all in with the business. But prior to being an online side hustle coach, I was in HR and recruitment. So I worked for some large companies around Australia in health and in tech, and I was leading big teams, recruiting lots of people into roles. But the side hustle really started when I realized that the majority of my role was to actually tell people that they didn't get the job, that they weren't successful. And that to me was just really, really frustrating because I really wanted to serve and help those individuals just nail it the next time around, right? Like there's unfortunately too many candidates in the market for the roles available. So I started a recruiting blog. I started to talk to candidates that missed out on what they could do better to improve their resumes, to improve their LinkedIn accounts, to improve their interviewing skills. And the blog ended up getting so much traction. It was featured in different publications. It was a little sassy, uh, definitely very much for the modern like guy or gal who wanted to be able to just get in the interview room and just absolutely blow the socks off the interviewers. And I loved that side of things. So I started to gain quite a consistent following on LinkedIn because I was just mainly showing up to present like a lot of tips on how to become better at getting that next dream job. And I realized that, oh my gosh, like I have to do something like this that lights me up. Not to say my day job didn't, but I certainly wasn't getting the same sort of passion and fire in my belly as I did going to work every single day. So eventually... I ended up taking a bit of a step back in my job. I went part-time and went four days a week. The day that I had off my side hustle day, I was hustling so hard. I was building an Instagram following, batching videos. I was creating blogs, obviously doing client work, still writing resumes. And I just felt that was the life I was meant to lead. So in March 2018, I told my employer that it was time for me to give this a go. I was very open with my side hustle and that it came. So they knew about it the whole way through? They did. My my last employer knew about it. I was open from the very beginning. Uh, The employer prior, so I side hustled for three and a half years. The employer prior to this last employee that I had, they were not supportive. In fact, I got a first and final warning, which in 
HR terms is basically if you, you know, go all in with the side hustle or, you know, we see you uh, doing that, you know, in terms of like jumping up on LinkedIn and, and talking about that a little bit more, then it would be like, see you later. So obviously it was a misalignment of values. I left that employer and I found my last employer and they were fantastic. So yeah, went all in and it's been such a ride because not only did I decide to go all in with my business, I also decided to swap niches and uh, leave the career coaching side of things behind and help people start their side hustles because so many people were asking me when I resigned, oh my gosh, how did you side hustle? How did you know what it was? How did you balance everything? And here we are today. Oh, that's so cool. And it's so funny because I resonate so much with the side hustle side of things, like I said before, but I basically was in a really similar position to you where I was like, okay, I want to do this thing on the side. And it was social media. So I was kind of like writing all of the blogs and doing all of the things on weekends. But the reason why I asked whether your employer was kind of okay with it is because I just never knew how to approach it with them. So Mm. they kind of knew I was like doing all of this stuff, but it was never really spoken about. And it was just one of those funny things where I didn't know whether they would think that I was being, I don't know, kind of dishonoring my job in a way, or whether they would kind of think that it was something that was, you know, quite inspiring. And the fact that I was so proactive would be a good thing. Do you find that people are kind of conflicted? Yeah. Yeah, it is so mutual to every single employer. Do you know what I mean? Like there will be some employers that will be completely offended by the fact that you had to start a side hustle in order to feel fulfilled in your career. And then there will be others that are just totally inspired and they'll sit down and have a talk to you and say, that's how I started this business. Let's have a chat. How can I support you? I mean, obviously you'd love for most of your employers to be on that end of the scale. I have experienced both and also with the thousands of people that I've worked with in the side hustle space, I've just found it's at like that 50-50 mark. I was reading an article though yesterday, which is released by AMP. So one of the, you know, large financial institutions here in Australia. And they were saying that a third of Aussies now have side hustles. And they did a massive research piece saying that it's becoming more and more normal. And I'm like, yes, side hustles is 100% the future of work. It is not like you have to have a day job and then you have to keep your side hustle really quiet, like a dirty little secret. It is actually becoming more accepted and actually even more invited as a part of a corporate and, you know, working for an employer because you're able to give so much more of yourself as well. Yeah. And it's so interesting. I think when you were talking about people kind of coming to you and saying, how did you do that? I want to do that. Like I had the same thing with that as well. And I think people kind of see somebody doing it and they're inspired. They're like, you know what, maybe there is more than just kind of going to work every day and doing the same thing. And for me, and probably for you too as Ruby, like it was really kind of like a nice, positive, happy side effect of what I did is I kind of, without ever meaning to, kind of inspired other people to start thinking about doing a similar thing. Absolutely. And I'd come into work and you know the um, you know, the morning coffee chats, you grab your cup of coffee or you go to the local cafe and everyone's talking about the night before and they're saying, oh, I watched this on telly and whatever it is. And they're like, oh, what did you do, Rubes? And I'm like, oh, well, I just worked on my side hustle, you you know, pinking around on the website, start, wrote a blog. And you could just see in their eyes, like at first they were like, what, why would you do that? It just feels like going to another job. But the more that I was lit up about it, the more I started to inspire those around me. And it actually, that inspiration brought that sort of uh, hop in my step at work that it did actually bring more engagement to the team. People started to see that I was more, you know, excited to be at work and I was able to pump myself up through the side hustle, which then increased my morale at work. It's it's a strange side effect. <laughs> Speaking my language, it's just so similar to mine and it makes me so excited just talking to other people about it because I'm like, oh, like it takes you back to that time, you know. Very yeah. cool. So where did you go? You kind of went through everything that you were doing in terms of your side hustle, but you're obviously killing it now. 
Tell me about that piece between, okay, cool, I've decided to leave my job and then kind of what you did next in terms of building a personal brand and getting to where you are now because you're only 12 months down the track, right? Yeah, I'm only 12 months in. So the personal branding journey for me started as I gave my notice to my employer. I had to actually give almost 12 weeks notice to leave. So I had a fairly big runway to really get my headspace into gear around transitioning out of my nine to five. So in just before I left my nine to five, I started creating LinkedIn videos. I know we're speaking about that today, but I chose LinkedIn as a platform because as a recruiter, someone in HR, I had already used the platform for 10 years. So it was probably my most comfortable social platform, which (laughs) Which is interesting because it's not comfortable for anyone else. Exactly. And so when I said to my coach at the time, uh, you know, I'm going to pick LinkedIn as my primary platform, even like she was just like, ew, why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) It it just felt really Uh, right to me. I listened to my intuition. I had a huge network on there already, maybe like 4,000 followers because both of them were candidates. And LinkedIn had just come out with LinkedIn video. And I thought, right, this is right at the forefront. This is a greenfield opportunity. Let's give this a really red hot crack. Now, I'm a bit of a nerd. Like when I start any new job, I will always write a 90-day plan. I don't know if you're like this as well, Stephen. <laughs> I am such a geek and a details plan person, so I'm glad someone else is the same. <laughs> In my 90-day plan journey of going into my, my own business, I was like, right, what does my social media uh, strategy look like? And I knew for me it was LinkedIn. So I thought, great, I'm going to commit to 90 days of LinkedIn. Show up daily, 90 days, regardless of how you feel. Wow, that's Yeah, and I'm like, it wasn't meant to sound like a real prescriptive thing. I actually went in with quite a playful energy. I went in with, hey guys, so you've seen me on LinkedIn for you know the last decade, basically talking about what jobs I'm recruiting for. Things have changed a little bit in the last month and I want to share this with you. And so I started documenting my side hustle to main hustle journey as part of my personal branding strategy, really, because I thought if I was able to bring those 4,000 along and grow my following at the same time with people interested in the side hustle or in LinkedIn personal branding, then I was giving my business a red hot crack in terms of being noticed and in terms of being seen. And it just did an incredible thing to the business. Like it was awesome from a financial perspective, from being seen and heard, and then going on to work with brands and becoming an international speaker as well, all within 12 months. Wow. That's so impressive. So it was literally those 90 days you were doing a video. Was it every day? Every single day. And I went like some days I'll just like, just keep it real with you guys. It wasn't like a, you know, mutually exclusive video for LinkedIn. I would repurpose. I would take videos from Instagram stories. I would you know, post that 15 second clip. I would post a little Snapchat. I might post a Facebook live, uh, like a portion of my Facebook live and then, you know, get people to come across to my Facebook group. So I was starting to play around with cross pollinating my social channels from LinkedIn to Instagram to, you know, Facebook. I don't have Snap anymore, but I started a podcast. So I would then clip a bit of my podcast. I was just playing around with the platform because there, and there still isn't, by the way, there aren't any set rules like other platforms. It's still at its adolescence. It's still so new and still fresh that people are still trying to work out how you actually gain the most sort of engagement, which is of course what Instagram was like, right? Like five, six years ago. That's what I'm loving about it so far. Uh, and I actually, like I always say with LinkedIn and I've got so many questions for you because it's definitely not my main platform, but I get asked about it a lot. But my interpretation of it at the moment is I'll put a piece of content up, right? And it will still be generating and it's not video content. So it'll generally be like pretty much the content. So my podcast content or links to other things. Whereas, you know, if I put that up on, you know, Facebook or Instagram, it might have like a 24-hour shelf life, right? If I put it up on LinkedIn, it's still generating engagement like sometimes weeks later. And so it's almost like, and I hate to say it, but it's almost like it's a 
I like the way that you said it actually, but my term was it was like a weak algorithm. Mm. It just doesn't seem like it has the restrictions, as you said, that, you know, Instagram and Facebook have, and there's so much opportunity because you can get that longer term reach. Absolutely. And I say this to my clients all the time, stop trying to crack the LinkedIn algorithm because there really isn't one that's, you know, set in stone just yet. Right now, Microsoft bought LinkedIn not too long ago. They are wanting to drive video engagement. So the algorithm is make videos. <laughs> right. Like if you're sitting there. That's simple. We can do that, right? Sitting there on LinkedIn thinking I can just post articles or just, you know, comment on other people's posts. No, like just think about the time that you have. If you have 15 minutes a day to spend on LinkedIn and honestly, that's all you need, create a video, yeah. write a meaningful post behind it. If you can add subtitles, like use an app like Clips or whatever it is and post it. And you will find, just like you said, Stevie, that the engagement on it continues weeks, months afterwards. Like I realized that I had a post that went out maybe two months ago and it's now had 1.5 million views on it because it's just been doing its thing. It's just been going through the you know, it's still generating engagement. It's still generating engagement. People are still messaging me from a post I made three months ago saying, Oh my gosh, that post really touched my life. And I was like, which post? (laughs) (laughs) There's a few running at the moment. (laughs) So is it engagement that's feeding it? So is it kind of like, you know, with Facebook and Instagram, it's that early engagement that will feed it more. Is it that, or is it just like, they are just absolutely pumping video because it's a priority? Well, Video video is definitely a priority. LinkedIn's just relieved uh, released LinkedIn Live, but it's not yet available in Australia uh, as of this recording. It might be like any time now, but as of this recording, it's unfortunately not yet available. It's only invite only, and I didn't score an invite. Oh, I thought you'd get one for sure, too, but I didn't get one. Um, a lot of my American friends have it, which is awesome. But um, yeah, so how LinkedIn works, right, is when you post a video. And someone, let's say, Stevie, you like that video. That video mm-hmm. then gets shown into your feed and into your network. Now, you know, you might have thousands in your network that might see my video. They might go ahead, like that video, and then it goes into their network and into their feeds. Do you see the power, the exponential power of how much your video can be seen across multiple different networks in just a matter of seconds? Like, yeah, I totally do. And what it, what it seems like it does as well is it seems like it shows it to more people in the feed of the person who liked it. So, yes. you know, with Facebook, if you like one of your friend's posts or whatever, it might show it to a few people within your feed, but it seems like LinkedIn really shows it to a lot of their networks. Yes. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. And um, one thing that I was kind of saying for a couple of real estate agent clients I had, like with that in mind, a really cool strategy is actually like make friends and connections with similar but non-competing businesses. So like if you're a real estate agent, connect with every other mortgage broker in your industry, for example, because if they're liking your content, they've got the same clients that you want to attract and it means that they see your content. Yes, it's so true. Like I've had people who have messaged me saying, listen, I found your content through this coach or I found your content through this personal branding expert. I've never seen someone talk about LinkedIn this way and it's because that person's liked or commented on my post. Now, it's funny though, because on the flip side, I might be putting out some content around how to personal brand on LinkedIn. The personal branding expert might then comment on my post saying, I disagree. I don't believe that that's the way to do it, but it still puts my post on their feed and their clients get to see this debate. They get to see both sides of the coin and obviously they come across and they might comment and might ask me questions. So either way, whether it's good positive, uplifting feedback or negative, challenging, naysaying comments, your post still gets seen everywhere. And that's what I love about it. I love the open kind of mic feel to LinkedIn because listen, yes. the the dark side of LinkedIn is that I it's the the platform that I still get heavily trolled in, more so than any other platform out there. So, you know, it is definitely not for the faint-hearted for those of you that are wanting to stand up for your message because there are a lot of people out there who are happy to be keyboard warriors. They're sitting in just picture this guys. They're sitting in their jobs and they're 
angry <laughs> and then see a very like happy face or they see positive content going out there they might see me dancing around my living room like an idiot to you know my favorite tune at the moment and I do post videos like that on LinkedIn because I think it's like really engaging it's different to see on a feed and they'll just comment back saying oh my gosh like get onto Facebook or you know, who are you, you little girl or whatever it is, right? Like comments like that, there's way more nasty ones than that, but it's okay. You take it with a little grain of salt and it becomes just a big part of you becoming a sassier, more badass version of you. Right. And you know, I, I love it. I do love a good debate. So how did you get over the fear of doing it, knowing that there were going to be those kind of trolls around? Because I've seen those trolls before and, you know, they are on steroids when it comes to LinkedIn (laughs) because it is more professional, you know, and people aren't used to seeing that stuff, right? Yeah. How did you go, okay, cool, I'm just going to start, I'm going to do this anyway because I know it's that fear. Often it's the fear of that first video or just getting started and especially I would imagine for people that are still potentially in their side hustle or very, very early in their business journey, they've still got, and I know it was exactly like this for me, a lot of their kind of like past life business connections on their LinkedIn. And often they're the people we're most scared of showing that we're changing to, right? Totally. It's your first degree connections. It's the ones that you worked alongside with four years ago that might catch you and go, have you seen what Stevie's doing? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Look, I definitely was, I'm not going to, you know, say to you guys, I was so bold and I was, you know, really resilient. No, there were some comments that totally cut through, like they hurt so much. And often they were actually from, like you said, the first degree connections, people that would just like, you know, say things and you actually know who they are Um, rather than the faceless, nameless ones that you're kind of like, who are you? Mm. Like, where do you live? And it, it yeah. honestly did definitely uh, knock me about a bit. At the start, I would be oh, journaling about it. I would go, be going into meditations and trying to release it. I would be talking to my friends, my husband about it. And obviously, because they're not in that firing line or in the limelight, it, a lot of the feedback was, don't worry about it, just let it go. But, you know, you do sometimes like allow yourself to take that all in. It comes with practice to release and let it go. So I'm definitely a very, mm. you know, spiritually attuned person. I do a lot of woo-woo things like about releasing the energies that no longer serve me. And so that has become a really big part of my practice where I'm able to let that negativity go and turn that into a powerful platform where I'm able to just stand strong and stand up for what I believe in. But I think with LinkedIn, the reason why it is so amplified when someone comes across your content and they basically either pull it down or they have something negative to say about it is because it is a professional platform. It is ultimately still a professional, mostly white collar platform. So when someone says something, it feels like reputational damage. It feels like you are being knocked about from an expertise perspective and it's magnified from that point of view, right? So in order to, honestly, with LinkedIn, how it's worked best for me, in order to move past that, I've chosen to do like one of a couple of things. One is uh, if the comment isn't trolling, so just identify whether it's a troll or whether it's someone who just has another opinion. If it's someone who has another opinion, then go back at them and just like say, Hey, like, I appreciate your comment. Interesting views. Never thought about it this way, but here is some more context around what I meant. Blah, blah, blah. And off you go with the debate. Yeah. People love that on LinkedIn. It actually builds your credibility when you're able to stand strong rather than just ignoring it. If you do Yeah. If you do just have a horrible troll who's just commenting on how you look and they're just obviously really, really awful, nasty, negative. I, I do this thing that I learned from Gabby Bernstein, forgive and delete, just forgive them, send them good vibes, whatever it is that made them comment that way. If they're hurting in some way, forgive them and just block and delete. That is like one of the easiest functions you can have on LinkedIn. You can just like click on the profile, block, delete. They'll never see your content again. You'll never come across them again. And it's it's great because you've just released that energy from, you know, your platform. Yeah. I think it comes down as well to the fact that like, especially with how saturated things like, you know, Facebook and LinkedIn are these days, like it is hard and it's really, really hard when you're first turning out to kind of 
you know, stand out and actually be seen and heard, I think it's kind of just having the courage to go, okay, look, I'm going to be going on LinkedIn where it is that really professional platform and people aren't used to the fact that you can still be professional and have personality, which you absolutely can, but it's still not something that's kind of um, not accepted, but it's just not the Mm -hmm. norm yet on LinkedIn. But on the flip side, it's the way that you stand out and it's the way that you get seen and it's the way that you attract the right people to you, right? And I think that's something you've done so well. Yeah, that's it. And and there is no norm on LinkedIn anymore. Like, let's just blow that shit up. It doesn't exist because things are changing so rapidly. The people that have been on it for 10 years posting jobs, they're going, well, Mm. how come I'm only getting like one like on this? Because it's almost... Because they're doing the same thing as everyone else, right? They're not standing out. Exactly. It is time to evolve. It's time to try out different things. And the the thing that comes down to LinkedIn is if you're creating content on Instagram, let's say you have a social media business and you're talking about all the tips from a social perspective or you, because Instagram is such a highly visual platform, you're talking about, you know, how to gain better lighting, how photos really impact your post on LinkedIn. It's going to be perhaps a little bit different. Change the frame a little bit with the content you're putting out there and talk about business talk about your career, talk about what you're doing Mm -hmm. from a commercial perspective. Because if LinkedIn's a professional platform, that's what they're going to want to hear about. They're not really necessarily going to want to see a really beautifully done picture. In fact, the more done up you are on LinkedIn, the less engagement you're going to get. 100% that is the case. Mm -hmm. I don't know why it's ended up being that way, but the raw videos that are made just through your iPhone end up getting way more engagement than a really professionally shot um, video that's like, you know, beautiful, like blur in the background and professional music laid Mm. over. That sort of stuff does not fly on LinkedIn. It just doesn't. They just want to see the real you. So talk about things from a commercial, from a business, from a career perspective, and you'll start to see that your content really starts to stick. Yeah, I like it. So it's kind of more that, and you've definitely done this, or you did when you first started out, that business journey kind of going, you know, this is kind of the, um, you know, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm learning on my business journey. And it's almost like not the value content, although I would imagine that would potentially do well depending on what your niche is, so educating and things, but more that connection content. So actually showing people a little bit of the behind the scenes of what goes on in what you do professionally. Is yeah, that what I mean? definitely feel the documentation process was a huge factor around why my LinkedIn cool. Uh, account grew so fast, my followers grew so quickly, but also uh, inspirational content actually flies really well on LinkedIn. So think about your audience on there. Because everyone wants to get out of their jobs. Exactly. Exactly. So think about your audience, who is watching on. So for me, my audience are those that are sitting in their nine to fives, maybe commuting to work on the train and they're going, oh my gosh, like FML, this is like so, you know, awful. I just and then they see my you know my content saying guys I was there less than 12 months ago that was me getting into work every day this is what I did to move the needle and to change my life this is what I did to make that decision to move like that sort of real content where it's linked to your own stories it is just absolutely welcomed on LinkedIn So let's talk about some of the opportunities that have come to you from what you've done on LinkedIn, because I think I remember you saying in a podcast episode, and guys, Ruby has an awesome podcast called the Own Your Hustle podcast. So if you're a side hustler, check it out. But I remember you saying, I think on one of the episodes, that you've never had to do like a cold call or a sales pitch. And literally from what you're doing without being salesy with the video that you're putting on LinkedIn, you're having the opportunities come to you. And I know that's been my experience as well. And I know that's so untraditional for people that are so used to like, you know, cold calling and pitching and traditional marketing. So I'm so keen to hear a little bit, I guess, about the opportunities that have come about from what you've done. Yeah. And and everything you just said is completely true. Like I have just shown up on my videos. I started off with 90 days and then it just became a habit and I still show up daily. So in doing that, I have attracted things like speaking gigs. So I've had over 40 speaking opportunities come my way just in Australia. So that's just Australian based. Recently, I have gained three international speaking opportunities 
all expenses paid plus my full speaker fee to show up. So in the US, in the UK, in New Zealand, it's just absolutely humbling and amazing. But do you think that's like, I think that's because people are seeing you on video and there's no need for them even to get to know you anymore. Like you've kind of done the interview via the LinkedIn videos that you've been doing every day. So it's kind of like they see you, you don't even need to really chat to them. I don't know if this is true or not, but like, you don't really need to go through and sell yourself. They're just like, yep, you're the person for me. Oh my gosh. So last night I got a message through a LinkedIn direct message. And then I brought them over to email and the email basically said, Hey Ruby, my name's blah. I've been following you for the last three months. I'm the marketing manager for X company. We think you'd be an absolutely perfect ambassador for us for X campaign. Would you be willing to speak about this? This is our budget. It's $5,000. We'd love to talk about how you can, you know, show up as a brand ambassador on LinkedIn as an influencer. Is this a campaign that would be, you know, um, appetizing for you or is it in line with your brand? We think it is. We'd love to work with you. Can we chat? These are the messages that hit my inbox weekly. And, you know, there will be some that's like, oh, that's a bit random. No. (laughs) And then there'll be others that are just like this one that just, you know, tick all the boxes. And it's like, oh my gosh, that sounds incredible. But you're right because you've continued to build credibility regardless of, you know, and you're showing up regardless of whether you think anyone's watching because LinkedIn is the platform where the decision makers are. Yes. Okay. So it's not Instagram for sure. Like I'm not discrediting Instagram because I love it, but it, like LinkedIn is the place where the CFO is there, the marketing manager is there, the CEO is there, the decision makers are there and they are looking at your content collectively. Who knows, they might even be sharing your videos amongst them to go, do you reckon this is a good candidate? Like effectively, it's almost just like without knowing it, they're kind of auditioning you. They're working out mm. whether you're a good fit for their business. Mm. And, you know, I never went out on LinkedIn with the intention of being an influencer or a brand ambassador at all. Like it wasn't on my 90 day plan, (laughs) but it just so happened to have organically grown that way, which was just amazing. But you know, some of the other things as well, just from my own business perspective is I grew my multiple six figure business just by showing up on LinkedIn because people would sign up to my coaching, my one-to-one programs because they saw me talk about it on LinkedIn. Like, that's so what's your, like, because I know that we've spoken about this before, but I think it would be really interesting for people to hear what kind of like your sales funnel is with that, because it's not the traditional, like, you know, um, you're posting content on LinkedIn and you're getting people off social media and then into your email it's more kind of like content straight into a direct message, right? Yeah, exactly. So I studied marketing funnels and online funnels for the first three months of starting my business. And when I mean study, I went like real deep, deep. you know, I was yeah. like signing up to different courses and just getting my head around it. And I tried it once. I did the whole like launch campaign thing where it was like opt-in, webinar, email list, da 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 and no one signed up to my course. It was so sad. I was so, so just, I don't even know. Like, Yeah. Everyone's had an early experience like that, right? And I'm like, you know what? It's not the fact that funnels don't work at all. It just didn't work for me and my vibe. Mm. So I knew that I had to just throw that out the window. It was a limiting belief of mine that the only way to earn money was through that process. But I just reprogrammed myself to believe that if I showed up and I talked about what I believed in and who I am and my expertise, I could just make the sale off that. So I did that. I just put a call to action in. So I'd be talking about LinkedIn personal branding, the three steps that I've taken to grow my account from 4,000 to 15,000 in less than three months. This is what I did. And people would see that. And then I'd say, if you're interested, come on over to my masterclass. Here is a link to sign up. It's $150 to come and join. And I ended up getting like 75 registrations that first time that I ever did that. And I'm like, Uh, oh my gosh. (laughs) <laughs> I I just made it easy. I made it flowy. I made it fun. And mm. if you if you're in a process where you've set up something in your business where it feels really restrictive, just check in with that energy. Mm. I just think it's really clever because I think that 
Traditional sales funnels definitely still work for me and I'm not saying that they don't work but what I find is that a lot of people are overwhelmed by the idea of it, especially if, you know, like you and I have gone deep into what they involve and there's a lot kind of, of, you know, moving pieces and it can seem a little bit overwhelming and I think that just stops people from doing anything at all and I love your approach because it doesn't have to be difficult. Like you can make it suited to you, suited to your personality, and it can be a great tactic as well just for kind of gauging interest in potential offers, you know, like just put it out there and then the process is basically really valuable content, show your personality, get people to kind of find out what you're all about and then kind of take them into a more private platform, whether it's DM, whether it's email, whether it's a phone call, it can be whatever. But one of the simplest ways is just literally a DM and you can literally make a sale from that. I think it's so simple and so cool. It's so simple. And honestly, you guys, I was already at rock bottom. I just came off a launch of <laughs> sales. Like what was the worst that was going to happen? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, LinkedIn has just, um, or not just, but in the last couple of months, uh, released the voice option for DMing in, um, yeah, through LinkedIn inbox, which is so awesome. So now you're able to leave one minute voice messages, which is also how I convert ah. a lot of my inquiries. Yes. So voices everywhere at the moment, by the way. So I originally came across Ruby for everyone that's listening on Instagram and I sent her just a traditional Instagram DM. I was like, I love what you do. And you came back to me with a voice DM and I was like, what is this? Like, am I like the most backwards person in the world that I'm not using this yet? And then literally it seems like, when was that? Like a month ago. A month ago. It seems like in the last month it has blown up and everyone is using voice DM. And I just think it's like, it's quite cool, isn't it? Because nobody calls each other anymore, but it's just a more intimate way of messaging someone and getting to know them. Yeah. 2018 was the year of video and it still is in 2019, but 2019 is the rise of voice. And for me, I use voice for everything, just even communicating with my besties or communicating with Alexa, communicate, you know, whatever it is. But when it comes to your social platforms, try out voice because it's just Mm. so warm. It's like you know each other. Yeah, I love it. And it's not intrusive either. So you can kind of, you know, like I just never answer my phone ever, ever, ever. Like my partner's grandma was calling me the other day and I didn't realize that it was her anyway. She called me three times and then she said, you know, Stevie doesn't talk to me. And I was like, it's not you. It's that I don't answer the phone to anyone. <laughs> and um, I get anxious like, when I get the phone call. I'm like, what's wrong? It might be <laughs> oh, but I think it's a generational thing. Like it's just not done anymore. Yeah. And I, what I love about voice DM is you can like, you can basically say something to someone, send it to them and they'll get back to you in their own time. Right. So I think that's very cool. So exactly. that's on LinkedIn now. Yeah, it is. And it's like, it's so good. It's not enough people are using it. And every time I do, or if I get, let's say an inquiry or in a traditional marketing sense, if I get a lead and someone says, Hey, is this the right course for me? I will always voice DM. It Mm. will take one to two DMs and they've signed themselves up. Awesome. That's so cool. I'm going to start using that. Mm. (laughs) Thanks, Ruby. (laughs) No worries. Definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Oh my God. There's so many more things I could ask you. I might just before we finish, I've got a few kind of little technical questions that I know that people will kind of ask me. So I might just like fire them at you and you can let me know what your answer and position on it is. Let's do it. Rapid fire (laughs) Q&A. Awesome. Okay. So how long should LinkedIn videos be? Less than three minutes. Why? Because think about your audience. They're sitting there, they're at their office. They don't have time to watch a long video. And especially if they're commuting, you know, attention spans quite low on LinkedIn. Mm. There's so much video coming out. Less than three minutes. Some of my most effective videos are 15 seconds long. Wow. Okay. So what about the size? Because obviously most people watching them on mobile should they be vertical should they be square should they be 169 they, they should be vertical if you can um so sorry they should be vertical they should be um the way. like uh, <laughs> landscape landscape if you can so I find that on your desktop think about like once again during the day people might have their LinkedIn accounts open on their desktop mm. uh, so 
I always try and film landscape, but yep. honestly, like the 15 second videos that I take from Insta, they, it's not as though it really affects engagement right. at yeah. all. So don't it's interesting, it. isn't it? Cause most people will be like logged into LinkedIn thinking about it on their desktop at work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I used yep. to have two screens, right? So at my desk, I'd have, um, a screen with LinkedIn on it because I was a recruiter. So I'd have that refresh. And then on the other page, I'd have emails, like spreadsheets, whatever. So, you know, the double screen, like I always have that image that if my video drops down as a refresh page, like I want my whole face to like fill up that landscape space that I have, <laughs> right? So it's just, um, it's just thinking about once again, where are your audience? If your audience are real estate agents and they're mostly on their move and they're mm. on their car, then Good think point. about how that's going to work in terms of, uh, like maybe it is just like mobile view, right? But yep. don't overthink it because ultimately people just want to hear your message. Okay. So how often should we be posting? Oh, you know, I'm going to say daily. Daily. <laughs> I, daily was the content. Daily was the way that I started to gain traction. If you are serious about it and you want to be competitive, I would challenge you to at least go daily for 30 days, one month daily, and then you can drop back because you want to be able to gain a following. You want to be mm. able to gain engagement. As soon as someone starts to comment and like on your videos, you're going to show up on their feed first, but you want to be able to create that behavior with the very weak LinkedIn algorithm that you're always showing up at least in that first 30 days. And then people will just recognize you as a name and a brand on there. Love it. Okay. What do you film with? My iPhone. iPhone. Yes. Okay. That's easy. I like that. <laughs> and, and can I just say my iPhone eight, like I don't even have a cool like iPhone X yet, which um, I have an iPhone six love. So <laughs> if I could, I, you, I would, <laughs> I just smash every phone I have. And the fact I've had this one for so long, I will keep it for as long as it stays together. <laughs> oh God. Um, okay. Sound on or sound off? Sound on for sure. And okay. subtitles if you can. Although subtitles it's not if you can. Necessary. So do people listen with sound on or sound off? I guess oh. is more what I mean. Oh, okay. There's so much um, you know, Injection. debate out there, right? Yeah. Like some some statistics will say ninety percent of LinkedIn users will watch videos with the sound off. And then there'll be others that will argue, yeah, but all your right clients will turn the sound on and they'll want right. to listen to you. So it just really depends. Trial it out for yourself to see what mm-hmm. your audience prefer. Um, some of the subtitle clips that I've tried are clips. If you've got an Apple, um, if you've got like just an iPhone, clips is really good. Also CC is another app that I've tried recently. Cool. And also rev.com if you are doing kind of like a three-minute longer form launch video of some kind, then mm. it's actually quite effective. Mm. I actually use Headliner. That's another good one. Oh, Headliner. Cool. Mm. Love a good app. <laughs> yes, I'm going to look that up after. I'm yes. Cool. Okay. And then last question, the structure of a video. Do you have a structure in terms of do you get straight into it? Do you do an introduction? What's your general flow of your videos? Oh, I don't do an intro, not like a YouTube video where you'd say, hi, I'm Ruby. I'm, you know, side hustle coach. Drop that and just go straight into the crux of it. No fluffing around at the start and, you know, that kind of thing. People just want to watch your video and see what value you're giving. So just, you know, go at it like straight away. I'm here today to talk about personal branding tips. I'm going to give you three today and just dive in. Amazing. Okay, you've kind of inspired me. So I feel like I need to do like a 30 days of video on LinkedIn, right? Yes, (laughs) definitely. definitely. It actually just scares me going back to what I was saying before, because all of my like old lawyer connections and all of my old, you know, job connections, they're all on there. And they're the people that would be most, um, I guess, interested. And you know what, it's probably all in my head positive about what I'm doing. But it's just one of those things that it's like the last frontier for me. I'm totally comfortable on every other channel. But yeah, you've the last frontier. I love, <laughs> I love it so much. You know what? So I have to say, I was speaking to my lawyer the other day and he's like, I saw, I keep seeing your videos on my feed. And I said, Ed, you need to get on LinkedIn. Do you know how many lawyers are not doing it? And how yeah. refreshing would it be? And he's just like, no, but the industry just wouldn't understand. Do yeah. It's such a thing. thing. I actually have a lot of solicitors that follow me and are on this podcast. I've got a 
a friend, Clarissa Raywood, who has a podcast called The Happy Family Lawyer. And so she basically does law really differently and like talks about how you need to be happy in your profession and blah, blah, blah. So I think those guys, if any of those guys are listening, I feel like if any lawyer is actually going to jump on and do things differently, it'll be one of you guys. So jump on and do it. (laughs) Definitely do it. And it's, it's honestly, I think, you know, you have an opportunity now. Think about if you started on YouTube in the uh, in the first year that it didn't mm. right? Think about when you, if you had like dominated on Insta and I, and you know, on Facebook, LinkedIn is there right now, like right now, you guys. It's it, the golden days. Yes. It's the golden days. And, you know, I just think give it a bash, have fun with it and just let those like, you know, those moments where it might seem challenging, just let them roll off your back or message Stevie and I and we'll pump you up. Like, <laughs> Thank you so much, Ruby. Where can people find you if they want to find out more about everything that you do? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn, Ruby Lee. You can find me there. And also Instagram, I hang out every day and show you guys the behind the scenes of running my business. And I'm at underscore Ruby Lee underscore. So come on over. And I also have a free Facebook group. If you're a side hustler, there's almost 2,000 side hustlers in there now, which is awesome. Just search Own Your Hustle on Facebook amazing go and follow her guys because she's about to head off on the most amazing around the world adventure and I will be following closely because it is goals you're heading off pretty much everywhere aren't you you're doing the states yeah Europe yeah. Asia. So oh. I am following my speaker trail. So because of LinkedIn and I've been asked to become a speaker, I'm going where the opportunities are. And so first stop New Zealand, then uh, LA, then Austin, then Atlanta, then the UK. So we shall see where it takes us. Amazing. Thank you so much, Ruby. Thank you so much, CV. Thank you so much, listeners. It was awesome to be on here. And there you have it, guys. I told you that this would be a killer episode if you're thinking about diving into LinkedIn. I know that I'll be looking into it a lot more after this particular one. Now, just a reminder, if you're interested in the LinkedIn training that both Ruby Lee and I will be putting together and launching in early August make sure you head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash 64 and grab the freebie for this episode. It is a pretty killer freebie in itself. It literally lays out step-by-step the 90-day content strategy that Ruby Lee used to basically make the most of LinkedIn video. You can grab that there and we'll also notify you when the training goes live. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, make sure you head to iTunes and leave a quick rating and review, but more than that, subscribe. You want to be notified when new episodes go live every Tuesday. All right, I will leave it there. Until next time, I will see you then.